What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode nine of the Stay Woke podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about social issues, current events, have debates and interviews, everything that you need to stay woke. My name is Vont Leek. I'm your host. You can follow me at Vont Leek on Twitter, Instagram and YouTube and at Vont underscore Leek on Snapchat. Uh, before we get into today's show, shout out and salute to every single person that listened to episode eight of the Stay Woke podcast. Free train my boys Justice and Arthur. We had some great discussions. We talked about some of the best black films of all time, debated who the real king of R&B is. And we just we uh, had some amazing conversations. And I love those guys. And they will both be back on the program. Uh, so thank you, guys. And if you have not listened to it, go back and go and listen to it. Even if you have listened to it, go back and listen to it because it's an amazing episode. <laughs> but <laughs> my guest today, you just heard one of them laugh. Um, we're doing a bunch of double <laughs> guest this season because i'm just I, I love connecting and networking with people and these two people they had me on their show uh about a month ago they are the power couple of podcasting every week for over a year now they've offered their thoughts and opinions on simple relationship and marriage strategies in a not so simple world of love and dating i honestly do not know why the cast of why did i get married didn't just come to them uh so without further ado please welcome to the show all the way from tennessee joseph and allison wilson What's up, you guys? Thank you so much for having me, Vaughn. Thank you so much for coming on to the program from Tennessee. Um, it was an honor to be on you guys' show. So it was only I, – I love you guys' show before you even had me on your show. So now not only did I feel it was right <laughs> to return the favor, but to have you guys come on and just get uh, just a fresh perspective on um, on everything. Definitely. We're ready to stay woke and get woke. I know, right? <laughs> I need to go back and listen to episode eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, episode eight was a great episode, everybody. So before we dive into today's show, I want to ask you guys, uh, how was you guys this week? What has been going on with bo- the both of you guys? So it's it's been good. It's been a steady week. Just working on, as you know, trying to keep the podcast in the forefront of people's minds. Yes. Just trying to think of new ideas and trying to research different dating topics that young adults are facing and also trying to come up with new strategies to solve these problems. So my week has been pretty productive. Yes. Um, yes. My week has been pretty good as well. If you guys listen to our, our podcast and you know that, well, you might know that I'm a dentist and I just recently started a new job here in Nashville. And I've just been working really hard, meeting new patients, delivering dentures and extracting teeth and I'm loving it. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that you did all that. Yeah. Wow. Um, for those that don't know, cause I, I hyped it up, but I didn't, I realized I didn't even say what you guys do. You guys are the hosts of, uh, the Love Unscripted podcast, which we will get into more details about later. But, uh, do either one of you want to tell people real quick just what that podcast entails? Sure. So this is a podcast where we try to have unscripted conversations with millennials about relationships and dating. And we pretty much target those who are wanting to get married, but they have faced challenges in the past. And so we try to have an open dialogue about all of the different challenges that we face. And we try to also offer solutions so that people don't have to be stuck with the problem, but they can actually find some type of tool to help alleviate their stress and pain. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much what our podcast targets. Yeah, you guys' show is amazing. I listened to it, and their show is really, really good. They cut. You guys are. I don't know. I don't know exactly how many episodes, but I know you are deep in season four, which is amazing. That's like a, that's a great accomplishment. Yeah, we're in season four, and we just hit episode forty. So yeah, congratulations. Um, we're going. We're going strong, and we've actually entitled this season the listener's choice. So people have sent us questions, and every episode has been based on a question that one of our audience members has about a relationship so it's definitely different 
but it's a good difference. Mm-hmm. Where that's dope. You guys offer so many different. I don't even. I, I, I want to get into it, but I don't. We're gonna save it for the end of the show. We gotta keep people on their toes. <laughs> keep people on their toes. Right. My week has been. It's been pretty good. This ex, this hour of sleep has been messing me up because I haven't changed the clocks in my room yet. Well, I haven't changed all of them. <laughs> So now I wake up and I, I don't know why. I don't know if you guys do it. I wake up in the middle of the night just infrequently. So I'm waking up in the middle of the night and then like I see what time it is. And then I'm like, wait, it's an hour later. But then I wake up late. It's just, it's a whole thing. I don't know. It's just, it's been throwing oh, me off. Oh, you got to change those clocks. Yeah, it's just been throwing me off. <laughs> that messing up your sleep schedule. It's that unnecessary stress. Because yeah. when you wake up, you're like, hey, what time is it really? <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm all over the place. It's, 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 as we're recording this, it's Thursday. It's the end of the week. I'm just, I'm ready for it to be over. Oh, amen. Yeah. Um, before, I wanted to ask one more thing before we get into the show. For us, as we're recording this now, last week was Halloween. Are you guys any of the, are you guys the people that go from Halloween to the holidays, or do you actually acknowledge Thanksgiving? Because there are so many people that are just like, nope, ho- holiday time. That is so funny because we were just talking about that, but I am a huge Thanksgiving lover. That is my yes. favorite holiday of all time. So you will not ever catch me skipping, jumping from Halloween to Christmas. That Christmas tree ain't going up until December. Definitely. (laughs) And I I have to co-sign that. I actually today practiced my mac and cheese, so I'm getting my reps up for that, you know, that baked mac and cheese. So I practiced today. I'm one of those. We got to hit Thanksgiving. We can't even talk Christmas until we've all had the the table spread out and we've all eaten. I heard that. I heard that. Those people that try to, those people, they're just greedy. They're just trying (laughs) to get Christmas here so they can get some presents. I wonder if they're even the ones giving presents, but that's another topic for another day. <laughs> Today's actually national. This is like one of like the lesser known holidays. Today's national make uh, men make dinner day. So I don't know if you what? knew. I didn't. I don't know if you knew that. But if Joe Joe's participating, so all the men out there, like, come, come on now, get your mac and cheese recipes up. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> all right, y'all. Let's get. I'm glad everybody's having a good week. Um, let's get into the show i'm gonna read a couple headlines we're gonna talk about them as well as the time going back on sunday sunday was also national chicken sandwich day and i'm pretty sure if you have not heard by now that popeye's chicken sandwiches have just come back out the craze phenomenon is back they've been sweeping the nation chicken sandwich fanatics have gone crazy uh but on some unfortunate news according to police victim kevin tyrell davis 28 years old had cut in line specifically designated for the sale of Popeye's chicken sandwich um, and angered an, an unidentified man in the process. And in a dispute that lasted only seconds, the argument spilled out onto the street where Davis was fatally stabbed. Uh, police are still looking for the suspect. Now, can I just do they have I, I know they don't have them. Uh, my boy said they didn't have them in Canada. They have Popeye's in Tennessee, right? Yeah. they OK, do. so you guys have seen this crate like this, just the, the nonsense going on. I'm going to keep it all the way real. I'm a Chick-fil-A loyalist. So yes. I have not stepped foot yes. in Popeye's to try their chicken sandwich. I'm sorry. Look, I don't even know where the nearest Popeye's is, honestly. Oh, my goodness. Um, My boy tried it because he wanted to, Uh, he just wanted to see what, like, all the hype was. He tried to get me to go with him, yeah. but I was just, just like, I've seen car accidents. I've seen fights. Mm-hmm. Then this cart came out, and I think, honestly, Popeye should just, like, someone died over a chicken sandwich. I don't think, like... 
I don't think it is the chicken sandwich, but I think because of that, the chicken sandwich needs to be just like done for. I don't. Discontinued. Yeah, like somebody died over a chicken sandwich. And everybody, I think, is overhyping it. It's not the first time we've all had a chicken sandwich. To be honest, I mean, apparently it's just so crispy and crunchy and just like melts in your mouth or something. Hey, if you gotta <laughs> die to get it, I mean, I'd still rather go to Chick Fil A. They're gonna be nice. They're gonna have uh it prepared they're not going to run out you don't have to worry about it this and it's going to be you with a smile i mean yeah. i mean you can't beat that kind of experience i mean who would want to get stabbed over a chicken sandwich that they may run out of by the time you get to the end of the line i guess he <laughs> learned an eternal lesson don't skip in line yeah <laughs> <laughs> um i want to ask you guys in relation to that though uh do you feel like a crime should define a person's life Ooh. no because i feel like moments in time don't define a lifetime and everybody has moments where they have lapses in judgment, mm -hmm. but that's all it is, is a lapse in judgment. It does not have to be a pattern or be part of someone's character just because they mess up. Right. If that's the case, then everybody, there's no one we could say is actually a good person because everyone has done something that they're not proud of. Right. What about you, Allison? agree with Joseph I really like the way that you said it was just a moment in time like if it becomes a pattern or you do it repeated repeatedly then it can be you know um kind of a reflection of who you are although there's still always the opportunity to, to change but I mean I said something I didn't I said something kind of rude to somebody just the other day and I didn't even realize it so I'd like to think that doesn't define who I am as a person but if I keep doing it over and over again knowingly then it does define me See, I'm, I'm because you guys just said that. I feel like I'm, I'm unbiased now because I don't feel like one crime should define a person's life. But I, we were having this discussion in my philosophy class the other day. I don't know who, what, like ancient people we were talking about, but somebody killed somebody and they got sentenced to 99 years. And so the professor asked, they asked, "Do we feel like they got served justice?" And then it went into this whole dispute of it's dependent on the crime that it should define right. their life. I can't say there's no excuse for any crime, but I feel like there are some reasonable excuses for certain crimes. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Like, it almost makes me wonder now, and I know I'm, I'm no judge, I'm not a jury or anything like that, like, what's the level of, of premeditation, too? Because if it's premeditated, or even if they even considered it at all, that means they had to go to mul through multiple steps of making the wrong choice. Right. And then now you can say, you know, it could define you because you made, this, you made a bad choice multiple times in a short period of time. If we're going to start to lay out consequences who is the one who gets to determine what the consequences are and what's fair and what's not mm -hmm. right how can we be objective because they said it has to fit the crime but everyone has a different view and even different cultures have different views of what justice is yes so we're gonna, yeah, we're like gonna deep in, dive into that later yes right because like i know traditionally like there was if you steal something you lose a hand but there are also cultures in like africa where if you were to damage someone's goods, you had to work it off or repay it. And they would say that's justice. So there's two different ways of executing justice. It just depends on what viewpoint you're coming from. Mm -hmm. Right. Point. All right. So let me ask you this. This kind of coincides with that. If you lie more than once, are you considered a liar? Or is that dependent also? I kind of feel like it depends on the person who's being lied to. I mean, it's now their position to decide if uh, they feel like the perpetrator is a liar or not. Like, for instance, I could be dating Joseph 
and he could tell me little white lies all the time. And I could defend him and say, oh, he's not a liar. He's just trying to, you know, preserve my feelings. Or I could say, oh, he lies to me all the time. That's all you ever do is lie. Like, I get to create that narrative, I feel like. Hmm. What you think, Vaunt? <laughs> I feel like if I you lie more than once, are you a liar? I I kind of I want to say it is dependent because there are people tell little white lies every single day, but even but and then there's big lies, but mm-hmm. even those big lies can come with substance to to save someone's feelings or to keep like a an important secret. But again, it, I, I I really just feel like it's dependent on on the scenario. I'm going to go against what y'all say. I don't think you're a liar. I think you are in the moment telling a lie, but to be a liar means that's your state of being. So is it like the same way they say uh, to be um, politically correct, you should never call, say, a person with a mental disorder, say, like um, say an autistic person versus being like the person with autism, you know? I'm saying that I don't see it the way you two see it. I see it as that's an action that you take. But if we're going back to the kind of the conversation before, you're not always your action. I feel like you're giving everybody an out as in no one is so, by their action. So what I said is the, the state of being. So if something practice habitually, then yes, you are a liar. But if you lie periodically well, time to time, frequent enough to where it becomes oh, problematic. Oh, okay. So more than once a week? So if someone, <laughs> so someone lies, so if so, so if someone lies once a year, will we consider them a liar? What if it's a big lie? Like, what if their once a year lie is is my my mother died, so I can't come to our wedding? Like, we <laughs> that's a lie. That's a very interesting question. Yeah. All right. Let us know what you guys think on at Stay Woke Pod on Facebook and Instagram. Um, that's that was an interesting conversation. I like those examples. <laughs> um. <laughs> I like that example. Um, Get Out star Laurel Howery has filed legal documents requesting sole custody of his two-year-old son after his baby mom, who allegedly lives a double life, has played with him, her husband, and TMZ by telling them a multitude of different stories as to who the child really belongs to, even after paternity tests proved Laurel to be the father. Uh, My question for you guys, what sacrifices should a parent be willing to make when they have a kid? Oh, they should be able to sacrifice any and everything. They should be able to sacrifice their own happiness for the well-being of their child. Time, money, you're definitely going to give us sleep, so don't even consider that. Um, yeah, there should be <laughs> Relationships. No, yeah, there should be no limit because, for one, you chose to bring this child into the world, and I think you have, as a parent, the responsibility to care for the needs of that child, no matter how difficult or maybe even inconvenient it may be. Mm-hmm. Well, so how long do these sacrifices like suffice for? Does it is, is it until they're grown? Is it until they're able to just do things on their own? Is it or no? Because you're you're a parent forever. Man, this is so crazy because we were just talking about something along these lines. What the other day we were talking about parents who are in not necessarily happy marriages, but how much a divorce can affect your children, mm-hmm. and whether or not the parents should make the decision to divorce knowing that it's always going to negatively affect your child. And we're just kind of saying, you know, the parent, the biggest thing is the parent has to be aware of what decision they make, um, whatever decision they make, how it's going to affect their child and whether or not they should try to stay in the relationship to protect their child or if it's better to leave. I mean, going back to your question, I think um, 
parents will never stop being parents. Even if your child is 80 years old, there's going to be some still, I think, innate care for your child. And your decisions will affect them to the end of life, although probably less so as they age. But I think parents will always and always still should consider their child. Yeah, because I just saw my mom today and she's still like, hey, did you eat? Do you need dinner? (laughs) I'm like, I'm good, mom. (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't think that parent thing ends. Allison, you said that they know the divorce will negatively affect the child. What if in another world or in another scenario, it didn't negatively affect the child, like in, in turn or in the end? So we even brought up the scenario that, you know, you're in an abusive relationship and your child is already being negatively affected by you remaining in the marriage. So then would it be a better choice for you to leave was like a, a good example. Um, but I think if you knew definitively that it wouldn't negatively affect your child, which I think is a hard thing to definitively definitively know, then right. you should make the decision that's best for you. And you don't have to consider your child if there's no way that it'll affect them. I second that. I guess coming from somebody whose parents got married and divorced at a young age, in turn right now, I think it was better for me. I know when it was when I was younger, it was different. Mm-hmm. It was different, obviously, because one, because I didn't understand all of it. Like, I didn't understand it in its entirety. I think to have that balance is more, is beyond important. Um, yeah. To like to have that parent, that mom and dad balance is definitely, definitely important because it helped with it, it. Having that guy perspective and that female perspective is what helps shape you as a human. So I do think yeah. if the situation is able to debate, like if it's not, if it doesn't come down to what you said, domestic violence or any type of violence or abuse, then I mean, I think you do have to take the child. Uh, the child at, at consideration first. And the thing is, is I feel like sometimes that sucks. Like, I'm going to be honest, like, they have to think about how it's going to affect your child versus how it's affecting you. I mean, it's a, I'm in the worst, I'm not in the worst marriage, but I'm in the worst marriage ever. And I want to leave this man so bad, but I feel like it's going to hurt my child. Like, should I stay or should I go? If, if, if anything, I should at least, I feel like it, it should at least kind of um, burden you with trying a little bit harder. But hopefully, you know, both people are willing to try harder for the sake of their child. Hopefully. We can only we can only pray. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, now that I'm married, I realize that there's so many reasons for people to separate. And I can't judge those people because anything can come up. But it, like we said, you know, it's really important to make sure you do your groundwork before you get into a relationship. You do the groundwork while you're in a relationship and you think about as many different scenarios and outcomes as you can and consider, you know, every angle. Yeah. In an interview with Oprah Winfrey, Lady Gaga ended <laughs> all rumors about her and Bradley Cooper's quote unquote relationship. I have I have a question. But I have a question, like literally the opposite of the question. So people listening, I don't want them to think this is like just uh, uh, leading towards guys, leading towards females. The first question, why do so many men feel like women are dependent on them? Hmm. (laughs) Do you feel that way, Joseph? Or have you ever felt that way in the past? I would say I felt that they may have been emotionally dependent, but I don't feel monetarily dependent on them. I don't know. (laughs) I think it depends I think it depends on who you're dealing with, because I believe like there are certain types of people that you can date that aren't going to want that or not going to require you to, quote unquote, take care of them. Mm-hmm. What about your friends in the past? Do you feel like any of them have expressed that they feel like girls are too dependent on them emotionally, monetarily, I don't know, physically, something? 
I would say that I've seen them say emotionally dependent on them more than the financial part. That's so crazy. I mean, I'm not a man, and I don't have that many male friends. But well, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask like... the same question in in reverse. I just I wanted to get <laughs> okay. I wanted to get this perspective. <laughs> okay, well, before you ask the question, yeah. then let me hear your opinion on society has placed this norm that men are mm-hmm. more dominant. Men are the hardworking men of the house. So men feel like women are vulnerable or less without them. Do you feel like women are falling into that trap that society has set and then becoming more dependent because that's just what everyone says they should do? Uh, I think some pe- some women are, but I feel, but there are so many women and so many like salute to the queens that are just like that that know that they don't need a man to be successful that, that they don't they don't need a man to prosper and they don't need to lean on anybody because there are a million amazing queens that are out here hardworking without a man or mm-hmm. have a man and are still fully capable if not even more capable of doing stuff without men. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. and I think I think a lot of it is. Society is so stuck on gender roles that there's no space for flexibility. Mm -hmm. So if you take away that expectation that, okay, I'm supposed to be this and that's why a woman wants or needs me, then the conversation and the interaction is different. So if it is a point where I do need, say we're talking and we're dating and I do need something financially, it's not because you're expecting it. It's because we have a relationship together and i need you to help me in this situation mm-hmm. right it changes the the conversation versus it's no longer i need to get a man so that you can pay for my stuff right versus i'm on hard times who's closest to me that i can depend on mm-hmm. in this moment mm-hmm. that's where the conversation changes yeah all right so let me ask this i'm gonna flip it around a little bit if women are more educated more mature more nurturing and dependable than men why do you feel like there are a bunch of women out there that look for a man to lead them? Man, why are you asking me the hard work? <laughs> Hot <laughs> seat. Look for a man to. I mean, I think spilling the tea. <laughs> and I feel bad because I, I don't want to go back to you know the the hard and fast gender roles, but I still feel like a lot of times it we as women, even though we're educated, we want to still see the man as like the head of our household. But what I think men have to understand is because we're so well educated. Being the head of our household does not mean you control us and tell us what to do all the time. It, in fact, means that we feed into you and help you become even better of a person um, than you were before we got together. I don't I, I think it's the gender role thing that's messing everybody up. Because, that's all it comes down to. Yes. Right. It's, it's your expectation of the interaction mm-hmm. that determines how you feel about somebody. So if you are expecting as a woman who's well educated a man to act a certain way or to have certain things at the table, then how you respond to that is based on what you expect. Uh, I like so. that. people at home listening. You see why I, I wanted to save these good questions for these two because they're <laughs> dynamic because they are real life hus- husband and wife. And then they, this is literally all they talk about every single week and the dynamic <laughs> between guys and girls. And I, I knew that I was I was I was going to love their answers and see where they were going to go with this real quick before we go on break. Uh, share with share with everybody, either one of you, where they can find Love Unscripted. So if you head on to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher Podcast, iHeartRadio, and type in Love Unscripted Podcast, you will find me and my wife on there. So that's where you can find us. Yes. And also on Instagram, um, you can find me at love.unscripted. And you can find Allison at, at AF underscore Wilson. 
Okay, I was about to say, where can you find me? Oh, okay. <laughs> Somewhere. Wherever you find Joe, you'll find Allison. It's all right. Yeah. All right, folks. We are here with Joe and Allison Wilson, host of the Love Unscripted podcast. Uh, that was just the tip of the iceberg for today's show. We're going to have some more interesting conversations. Uh, you're listening to the Stable Podcast. We'll be right back after this. Yo, what's good, everybody? It's your boy, Nook, a.k.a. Alfonso, the rapper, singer, actor, all-around entertainer. You can follow me on IG at TKP Nook. You can find my music on all streaming platforms under the same name, TKP Nook. Stream my album, Romero. You can hear it playing in the background. Stay woke, everybody. What's up, everybody? I'm Joseph. And I'm Allison. And we're the co-hosts of the Love Unscripted Podcast. And you're now listening to the Stay, Stay Woke, Woke Podcast. Podcast. And welcome back to the Stay Woke Podcast. My name is Von Leek. I'm on the line all the way from Tennessee with hosts of the Love Unscripted Podcast, Joseph and Allison Wilson. Uh, before the break, we were just talking about we were just talking about a bunch of things, debating and seeing our opinions. You can go join the conversation at Stay Woke Pod on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, but right now it is time for one of my favorite segments that we've started this season called Dear Vaunt. Uh, this is a segment where fans like you guys can send us questions or that you have advice on. And I'll try to give you the best advice that I can. You can send us Dear Vaunts either through our socials uh, or emails. All submissions remain anonymous. Uh, the socials are at StayWookPod on Facebook or IG or email VauntLeakStudios at gmail.com. So, Joe, Allison, I'm going to read the scenario. And then whoever, which one of you guys wants to go first can – Give your expert, give your love expertise because this is literally what you guys do every single week. So you, whoever said and this, I'm American family therapist. Yes, so. you are. You have you have the degree to physically help these people. So all right, ready? Here we go. <clears throat> Dear Vaughn, I'm in a tough situation and could use some help. I'm a young Hispanic who has been talking to this black guy for a couple months. Now we're trying to define a relationship, but I have a problem. My dad isn't a big fan of black guys. I feel it'll be I feel it'll be next to impossible to uh to br even bring this up to him, let alone get him to like my friend. What do I do? Mm. do can I say something? Yes. Okay. I feel like in this this is definitely a tough situation. I understand what it feels like to bring somebody to your dad, especially as a I'm assuming a young woman here, um, because we really look up to our fathers and we want their approval. But I think one thing that is super important for this individual is to come with confidence is they have to know that this is what they want and they have to be willing to uh, weather whatever storm, you know, it may cause between them and their father, but know that if he, she wants this relationship, it's up to, they're the one who's going to be in it and they have to make that decision for themselves and they have to be okay with whatever, um, you know, response their father gives but also know that there's the possibility if you're confident with it that your your father will come around and see how happy you are and become happy for you in that relationship right and i think a lot of i think parents can tell when you're indecisive and you're not sure mm -hmm. and that makes them a little bit uneasy like i also said you got to have confidence but i also feel like just bringing them around and giving the parents an opportunity to actually see this person's character because they right now if they haven't met they're just going off of what they think or what they're judging other people based on mm -hmm. and until they're able to interact with the person sit down say hey how are you doing what are some things that you guys like and what are some common interests they have no way of judging this person so 
Um, it can be tough, but I think finding ways to interact together in fun ways. It don't have to be all stressful. Like, go do something fun together, and that can break the ice. Yeah. Be careful to let your parents sway you, too, is my opinion. Is If this is something you really want and, and your father is constantly making, you know, derogatory comments, you have to decide if that's something you can live with. If you can overlook what your parents are saying and still make your relationship work, then you're in a good place. But if you feel like you're going to be constantly touched and hurt by the things that they're saying, maybe you need to forego it for your safety and for the safety of the person that you're interested in, too. Like, why put somebody through um, the trauma of not being confident that you want to be in the relationship? Definitely. You see, I'd like to think all that, but from somebody who has been in a similar situation like this, I understand that... Well, one because I'm half Hispanic, and because I've I I'm in a relationship with a, a, a Latina right now, I I, mm-hmm. I understand this person completely. So one, first of all, I feel for you, but I I do a I like I said I want to say and I want to tell you that your dad will come around and eventually, may give it a year or two, you know, maybe, um, <laughs> give it some time, but. I really like I don't do not lose sight that like Joe and Allison said, do not lose sight just because of whatever your parents are saying. Do not peer pressure is one of the worst things in the world. And especially coming from somebody as important, even if your dad isn't really like important, important to you, but you live, I'm going to assume because it's so important for you, you live under his roof or even if you don't live under his roof, it's just important to have that connection because you, your dad has raised you. So it's like, if my dad doesn't accept you, like, why should I, you know? I do 100% feel for you. I just do not lose sight of no matter what it takes for you to get your dad uh, to like him or and for anybody else listening, him or her, whatever it is, um, just make sure you remember why you're with that person and whatever you have to do to try to get your dad to see that, then I feel like that's really, really important as well. Yeah, right. and I have to agree with you, Vaughn. I mean, there's always a possibility that the dad may never come around. Um, so you might eventually have to stop trying to get them to come around. But the biggest thing is you have to remember who you're in a relationship with and you have to be willing to defend your significant other when it comes down to the wire. You can't keep choosing your father if you want to be with somebody else. Yes, know? preach. See, y'all about to have me go deep like into my own personal experiences. Look, guy or girl, whoever's listening, you're not in a relationship with your mother or your father. That's that's case. Right. You that's what you have to keep in mind throughout this whole thing. So no matter what they think, beginning of the end, whether they've never met them or whether they know them like the back of their hand, they're not the one dating them. And if it really comes down to it, and your parent really, really loves you, then it won't matter unless your like unless your significant other has given your parent a reason other than them being black or whatever whatever race, even if it's not black, to not like them, like a specific reason, like they hurt them or something. Then it I I wouldn't I wouldn't stress it at all. I really wouldn't. Right, and I think also especially with relationships, people don't give them enough time. Mm-hmm. Because yes. the initial part when you're introducing your significant other to your parents, that's a very intense and stressful time. So many people make too many rash decisions during this time when they just need to wait it out and give people time to come around. That's so one of like, think, that's relate. That's yeah. one of relationships. Like not, not even just relationships or marriages. Like I think like friendships too. Nobody is patient anymore. Nobody wants to wait for things to play out. They want stuff immediately. And that's the problem. That's why things don't end up happening immediately because you're so hesitant and wait, not hesitant, but like so poignant on just like things happening, like at the, uh, at like jump of the gun. Right. And just look at it from a parent's perspective. This is someone that now your child is spending all this time with. And I don't know them Mm -hmm. that you have to understand. That's a, like we talked, that's a parental kind of responsibility. I don't know them. 
So whether it's a prejudice view or they're just genuinely concerned and not sure about this person, you're still their child and that's their response. But like everyone said, you still have to remember who you're in a relationship with and make it work with them and just give it time. But yeah, that was Dear Vaughn. If you or someone you know has a situation, question, or issue that you want the realest advice on how to stay woke about, send it to us at Stay Woke Pod on Facebook or Instagram or email VaughnLeakStudios at gmail.com so we can tell you how to stay woke about it. We'd love to tell you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you, Jesus. I'm here with Joe and Allison Wilson. They are two love and family therapists and podcast hosts. Um, You really don't even have to pay for therapy. You just literally put on their podcast. They have a show for your scenario. I guarantee it right now. We're going to go on a break, another break real quick, but when we come back, we are going to dive a little bit more into this Dear Vaughn and talk about interracial differences in couples and dating. Uh, You're listening to the Stable Podcast. We'll be right back. Has the story of your love life taken an unexpected plot twist? Well, this is the podcast that helps millennials rewrite the story of their love life by learning simple strategies for starting and maintaining a successful relationship. Through candid and unscripted conversations, we provide tools to help navigate the twists and turns of dating and relationships. Are you ready to flip the script on your love life? If so, sit back, get comfortable, and enjoy another episode of The The Love Love Unscripted Podcast. Hey yo, what up though? It's your boy Brad B. Rad Butler the second, and you are listening to the Stay Woke Podcast. And welcome back to the Stay Woke Podcast. I'm here with Joe and Allison Wilson coming to you from Tennessee. Uh, guys, remind everybody once again, what do you guys do? Who are you? I am one half of the Mar- uh oh, I'm gonna call something else. <laughs> wow. Sorry, I'm one half of the Love Unscripted Podcast. I'm a marriage and family therapist by profession, and I'm joined by my lovely wife. Allison Wilson, and I am, like I said earlier, the better half of the Love and Scripture podcast. <laughs> <Lex on laughs> I'm a dentist. Yes, I'm a dentist, but um, at I guess my side hustle is helping out those around me. Yeah, I guess that's my everyday hustle. That's my all-the-time hustle. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Um, so guys, right now we did a, we just did a dear Vaughn, um, about kind of racial prejudice. So, uh, somebody was having problems, uh, introducing their boyfriend that they're trying to get to their dad. And that helps me bring up, uh, uh, our topic for today, interracial dating. It is something that is, well, interracial relationships and friendships are something that are obviously very, very present today and have been for years, for years, for years. But I feel like because of uh, the way society is set up right now and who's in office, uh-huh. the uh, racial differences are at an all-time high right now, along with uh, a bunch of others. Um, and a prime example of that is a movie that just came out on Netflix uh, this past – I don't even think it came out. Yeah, it came out like November 1st or something like that um, called American Sun. I'm pretty sure you guys have all heard about it. Um, it's about – it stars Kerry Washington, and the film is about an interracial couple whose son goes missing. Uh, the film starts off with the white cop and the black mother, uh, Carrie Washington. While the mother's trying to figure out what happened to her son, the cop is questioning her differently than how he usually should, uh, as opposed to asking questions like, how tall is he? What was the last thing you saw him wearing or doing? Uh, he asked her questions like, oh, does he have any gang tattoos? Is there anybody he's affiliated with? Does he have any street names? Uh, et cetera, stuff like that. Um, He's not really caring because the son's black, so he's making it seem like the son – The well, we don't know what happened to him, but he's making it seem like the son got what he deserved. Uh, the white dad, who was also FBI, shows up, but before the cop realizes he is the dad, he mentions, quote, this woman is crazy. She's getting ghetto, uh, stuff like that. But now the cop realizes the dad is white, so he's more eager to find out what happened to the son. 
Throughout the film, uh, the mom and the dad argue because the dad wants the son to live the typical white boy American dream, but is instead walking around with cornrows and baggy clothes. Um, and I, I'm not going to ruin the end for you guys. If you have not watched that, I, obviously, I highly suggest you guys go watch it. But uh, Joe and Allison, how do you feel about about the movie? How do you feel about the like the scenario happening? Sorry, we almost answered the exact same time, but I'll let my wife go Man, first. that just hurts my feelings so badly. Just just even just the thought that um, somebody would see a person and treat them like less than human just because of their skin, like their child doesn't matter or their feelings don't matter and their hurt and fear and desperation as to finding out what happened to their child doesn't matter. And that, I won't even say because of their color, but because they can't relate to a person of color. They can only relate to their own skin and to the own the feelings that they feel like they have, and they can't seem to connect the dots that we're all human and that we all share the same types of feelings. Well, why do you think it's so hard for people to understand that we are all human, that we are all equal and on the same earth for the same purpose? I think that the idea has been perpetuated and it's been passed down from, like, throughout people's families that people of other colors just don't um are first of all are irrational or are uh not deserving or don't work hard and have really no purpose or place um sometimes in society and they somehow just take these perceptions as factual and they let them be pervasive in their behaviors and their actions. And I I literally think it's just tradition and they're not actually thinking about their behaviors and the things that they're saying and doing. I like that. Uh, Do you believe, and I know you guys had an episode about interracial dating. Um, Do you believe that interracial couples can work? So we, we believe they definitely do and that they can work. But you got to have some tough skin. It's just one of those things that come with the territory. Like you're going to have to deal with people's looks, Mm -hmm. whether it's people from your own race or other races. You're going to have to deal with the comments. You're going to have to deal with the snickering. You're going to have to deal with all of that. You're going to have to get on the same page with your partner and have this conversation because you can't act like it's not happening. And the longer you act like it's not happening, the more someone's going to get hurt because someone is going to be affected by it. Feel like you're being empathetic. And then, and yeah. You're going to have to have some of the deepest conversations, I think, out of any type of relationship. Be ride or die for that person and be as understanding and as possible, putting yourself in their shoes constantly. Yeah, so they can work, but they take work. Well, yes. For those people at home that aren't woke, can we just establish that interracial <laughs> is not just black and white? Interracial is any race at all, any two races that are not the same. Let's establish that first of all, because I don't want the uh, I don't want people to think that that is exactly what that means. The stigma is portrayed so much that interracial is black or white. It's seen in this movie. It's seen in um, in Get Out. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw that that the Jordan Peele movie. Yeah. And there's just so many, and I feel like that movie was we talked about it last episode as well. Like it's a very a very woke movie. A movie on um inner in uh different racial inequalities and stuff but why is the stigma that no matter the race it it won't work i think because people are so confident that we have too many differences and that we just can't overcome those things and that people shouldn't mix because they can't make it work and the focus is too much like you said on the differences just because we're not the same race doesn't mean that we have everything that's not in common 
you actually can have more in common with with a person or individual from another race than you do with people from your own culture. But it's mostly about what you think about. And if you focus on, okay, we're different physically, so that means everything else is going to be, yeah, we, we definitely can't connect, then that puts a, a mental block on yourself because you're not allowing yourself to be open to possibilities that there are similarities. Uh, well, okay, let's pretend you two aren't married. Or, well, I mean, you could just, you could say it in the context of anybody. Can you, can you be with someone of a different race whose cultures and beliefs you don't completely agree with? Shoot, there's a lot of marriage you don't agree with. So, technically, <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, speak. So, go ahead, Joe. <laughs> Let- I say, we're the same, we're the same denomination. We got the same, we're the same skin color. We got very similar cultural backgrounds and we still argue. <laughs> and we have a lot of differences and differences are okay. I mean, cultural differences are okay. My family grew up eating dessert almost every day. Hers didn't. <laughs> yeah. My family watched tons of movies and TV. That was a cultural thing for us. That was how we bonded. For her, her it wasn't. <laughs> So, I mean... We ate our vegetables. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Not the veggies. Go ahead. We ate our fresh vegetables, and they ate their vegetables out the cake. <laughs> oh, my gosh. She, oh, man. Not so, the peas yeah, and carrots. I believe even with cultural differences, it, it can work. I mean, the longer you're with someone, you're, you'll learn to appreciate these differences. Yeah, you just have to be willing to understand what they are, especially when they're cultural differences. You have to be willing to understand where they came from, where they originated, what their meanings are, and their significance. Um, and then together, you guys can make the decision if it's things that you want to incorporate into your life or how you can incorporate them. And you don't lose anything for being different. I think people also find like, okay, is this going to negatively affect me because it's different? It may, it may not, but it doesn't have to be a bad experience. Mm -hmm. And I think once you understand that just because something is different, that it doesn't mean that I'm losing something or it's going to negatively affect me, then you can be more open. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a big part of it. Right. Um, There was a quote that popped up before the movie even started. It said, Race is the child of racism, not the father. What think about that and what do you how do you how do you interpret that? I don't agree just because of what Joseph said is that if you take that stance that race is the child of racism, then it's saying that all differences are negative. When we just talked about how differences can be positive and interesting. So I believe that uh race and racism are two separate entities. We just took race and spun it into a problem being different rather than something that we can embrace and say, oh, that person is different and interesting and I want to get to know them, you know? Yeah, and I I agree with her. Race became the criteria for racism, not necessarily the result of it. Because if there were no racist people, we could still have people of different races. We would probably still have United Nations. We would still have multicultural groups Mm -hmm. and awareness. But because people choose to use that as a reason to discriminate and to hate on people, that's why it it, it can be viewed as being the child of it. Mm-hmm. I don't agree because if racism is this umbrella, race falls under that. But that's impossible because you can't have racism without race. You can have you cannot have racism as well. So if you got right. rid of that umbrella, what what does what does race fall under? It's just like that, that doesn't make any sense to me. Right. It's a it's a false equivalent. It's not a really good analogy because. It's it's like we said, it's the criteria for which you're 
choosing to put your hatred or you're choosing. To, what we need to say is that uh, racism is a child of discrimination. Yes. That's how it needs to be. Yes. I That's how it should be framed. Not that race is the child of racism, because then that makes it seem like race is a negative thing inherently. Exactly. And it's not. Um, yeah, or so- even trying to say that. Because we have races, there are racism. No, that's not that's not accurate. Right. So whoever wrote that quote, you're stupid. No, I'm playing. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, Write them out of the credit. Yeah, I don't. I don't know who wrote that. I'm not gonna say you're stupid, but I I don't understand what the logic in that was. But um, do you feel like it's discriminating uh, when saying you're more attracted to another race? No, because it's preference. But people have this. Uh, and I'm not going to say preconceived notion, but people confuse. I, I feel like that's another problem too. People confuse the two: preference versus discrimination. Right. I think so that there's oh. different reasons you can be attracted to race, uh, uh, like a different race. So, like for me, growing up, I was mostly around Caucasians, so that was my thing. I was like, oh, that white boy is cute. Like that's, but I was just around that. So, I mean, I wouldn't consider that. To so be was I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so was yeah. I. <laughs> How you treat someone. Yeah. Is going to determine whether or not you're discriminating because because look at this. People have different preferences as far as ice cream. Some people love chocolate. Some people love strawberry. I love any type of ice cream that has peanut butter and chocolate in it. But you wouldn't call me an ice creamist or anything because I choose one type of ice cream versus another. Right. But if I but if I were to knock everyone else for liking right. those yeah. types of ice cream that you're stupid or I'm not going to let you get that type of ice cream because I don't like it. So I don't need anybody else eating it. Then that's where it becomes a problem. I don't think anyone's preference. I mean, there's so many different people in the world. There's not everyone's going to like the exact same thing. This is true. Yes. And for people, like we said, like we said earlier in the show, for the people that think that you can only like one thing or like that you have to like one thing that is, that's a hundred percent wrong because, and even like, even like my mom, my mom, my mom's Puerto Rican. I'm half Puerto Rican and half black. I keep saying that because I feel like people don't know that about me. Um, I'm Puerto Rican and black. My mom's Puerto Rican. My dad's black. My mom is Puerto Rican, but in at least my lifetime, my mom has never been with a Puerto Rican guy. But I don't think I've ever really been attracted to maybe until recent, like not recently because I've been in, but like like in the past couple years, like black women. I've always liked Hispanic chicks, but my mom is always coming at me like saying like, oh, you never date, you never date no black chicks, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, you've never dated a Puerto Rican. But there, I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that though. I don't, I mean, I don't know, man. All I know is my kids going to learn how to speak Spanish before me. Right. <laughs> this yeah. conversation could go down the wormhole. I've seen so many things about this online. Yeah. Um, Going back to the movie, uh, well, no, before we go back to the movie, what? why does society uh, make it important, do you feel like, for certain groups or outcasts to fit in? Because people, I don't think people are comfortable with other people having differences. And I think the term outcast is only used by people who... By outcast themselves. I don't, I don't even think that, I don't even feel like I feel that society feels the need to make outcasts feel like they fit in i feel like it's the opposite that they just keep them excluded i was gonna say that's probably what i was thinking is more of we're more excluding people we 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 have certain moments where we want to include people but for the most part i feel like it's okay if you're an outcast if you're different then we're gonna keep you on the outside yeah instead of trying to uh build them up together and come together as one yeah yeah 
I definitely don't think that. I feel like the only time stuff like that happens is when there's significant tragedies. Right. Yeah. People aren't okay with people being different. I think that's what it is. We we think that if different means dangerous, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to mean that. But those same people won't do anything to try to make those different people fit in to be what is perceived as nor like normal or like the rest. Yeah, right. their only their only perception of fitting in is is conforming or mm-hmm. conformity. Right. Who says they have to be like you to be normal? Who? How do you know you're normal? Mm, nobody. That's the other thing. Like trying to get everybody to fit to this norm. Who knows if that norm is even what's really normal? Right. Woke moment. <laughs> Woke moment. I like that. I like that. Going back into the movie, one thing that they do not ever show in the movie is Jamal. Throughout the whole entire film, they descri- like I said, they describe him. One funny thing, I mean, it shouldn't be funny, but it was funny. I, I mean, I posted this on my Instagram last night, too. Um, while the mom and dad were arguing back and forth about, like, oh, the son's living this life, the son's living that, li- that life, the mom was like, oh, he's trying to find himself. He's trying to find his truth or whatever. The dad was like, oh, yeah? Oh, one day, he, or today he has cornrows. Tomorrow he's going to be trying to find, help OJ find the real killer. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I shouldn't have found that wow. funny. But I thought it was funny. I feel like... The reason that they never show Jamal is because interpretation is important. I was love. I was listening to a bunch of different reviews and a bunch of different um like just comments on people's reviews about this movie. And I feel like one thing that was important was that they didn't show Jamal because people. I read this comment. Somebody it was like an Asian American or something said like they never showed him, but based off of the way they described them, they like the Asian kid made feel like it was him. And I feel like that was important. The interpretation of like, okay, how do you perceive the way we are trying to make this kid sound? Because that's what the whole film was about. The way the kid was perceived. The mom was explain. The mom was mad because the dad didn't have proper English, and she was like, "Oh, he's black. <laughs> he may be black and white, but people only see him as black." So. Mm-hmm. I try to make sure I raise him up right to have proper English to make sure he has X the, crosses. What is it? Cross all T's and dot all I's or whatever, you know, stuff like that. And I, mm-hmm. do you feel like that's like that is an important aspect of the movie? I think if they would have shown what he looked like, then it leads people to have judgment on whatever happened to him. Ultimately, that will impact whether or not it'll impact how they felt about what ended up happening to him. So colorism is still very real. So depending on how he looked, how dark he may have been, how light he may have been, puts people on the spectrum of, well, like you said, someone said, since I didn't know, I put myself in it. But it's how closely you identify with the, the young man in the, in the story. Uh-huh. It's gonna, I, I think that's going to play a part. I think because it's, it was about race, seeing what he looked like puts you in a position to have to make a decision on what you believe about it. To be biased, yeah. Right. Yeah. So without that, you have to take it for, man, this was a really, it, it leaves your bias out of it. That's a perfect word because now you can't say, oh, well, because he looked like this, they didn't do their due diligence or he was like this, they should have done this. So Yeah, or because he was looked this way, he did look more suspicious. And yeah. we don't know. It right. stops you from thinking of uh of him the way the movie is literally perceived like them from the mom or the dad's perspective. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely have that problem. 
Yeah. But so if you guys have not seen American Son, I highly suggest you go watch it. It's on Netflix starring Kerry Washington. Everybody knows Kerry Washington's an amazing queen. Go check that movie out. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get out of here, I'm going to let you guys go. But let's talk about real quick you guys and this amazing, amazing podcast that has hopefully helped cure and bring relationships together, bring people together. What is it, first of all, and either one of you can answer, That's what is it that sparked the idea for the Love Unscripted podcast? So I feel like it was time for young adults, specifically millennials, to bring conversations about relationships and the hardships of them into the forefront, not letting it just be something that we talk about in the quietness of our living room, but bring out the commonalities and the challenges that we face. We believe that everyone literally probably faces many of the same challenges, but the problem is no one is talking about these challenges and no one is sharing how they got over them. So being a forum where we can have conversations about challenges that millennials face during the dating and relationship phase, we're able to get solutions. So that's the purpose of the Love Unscripted podcast. And we just wanted to be able to have conversations about these things. Right. And for me, I think what what I really like about the podcast is the opportunity for us to share our own personal experiences in our relationship. Um, because I think a lot of times people don't get the chance to see inside of a relationship and see how it's working and see how much work or, um, you know, benefits that a person can can glean from the relationship because so many people keep their personal stuff personal and they keep it quiet, but we can all learn from each other by being um, transparent. And we just wanted to be the first to step out there and say, hey, this is what we what we face during our dating and relationship phase. But there's light at the end of the tunnel. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys have definitely started a movement. And I want to uh, you've had a bunch. You have you. I mean, you don't always have guests on, but you do have guests on to get millennials perspectives. And you guys said I was your youngest guest. So I hope mm-hmm. I offered, I guess, what the next generation. I guess I'm they. I, I always thought I was like I was a millennial, but they say I'm like I'm just like the first generation of Gen Z. But I mean, bump all that. I hope I offer like amazing. <laughs> I hope I offer like amazing perspectives on that. That episode was great. It was um, catfish. We talk about social media and those the influences that that has on dating relationships. What has the response been for you guys? Are forty episodes in? You have been doing this for just just recently over a year. Uh, what has the response been for all that you guys have offered up into the world? It's been really great. Like people are saying, they love our authenticity. And that we're willing to talk about the challenges that we had. It takes the stigma off of having to be the perfect couple in this social media world. Mm -hmm. And to let people know that, hey, we have fights trying to decide where we're going when we're driving Mm -hmm. or different things that we tend to get upset about. But we also share how we work through them and people are glad that we shared that perspective. So it makes them not feel like, oh, man. I'm not the only one who's going through this in my relationship. This is actually more common than I think it is. And people have said, like, it's it's just been really good. Yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, we've gotten lots of comments like, man, if I had known this back when I first started dating, I would have been able to avoid so many pitfalls. <laughs> I'd still be in a relationship. I wouldn't be single. <laughs> yeah, like, and I think that's so true because, I mean, a lot of things that I've learned now have been trial and error. 
Uh, and I don't think that we have to experience everything via trial and error. We can avoid some issues sometimes just by talking to people. And um, I'm glad to know that some people feel like they've been able to work through issues and avoid issues by listening to podcasts. Have you guys, uh, well, has doing the podcast changed the way you guys as husband and wife or as love therapist, love and family therapist, like, uh, has that changed your perspectives? by hearing the things that people have said or just even whatever comes to light from what you guys say during the podcast? I think the responses have made me realize that there's a much greater need for what we're doing. So it needs to happen a lot more and a lot more frequent within people's own personal communities because we're just one couple, but there's plenty of other people who are having relational success that can also share their story. They could be a different culture and share things from their own cultural perspective. I mean, I think it's it's all beneficial. And I think more people just need to start talking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I really, I agree with that. You mentioned earlier that this season is you guys' listener's choice season. What exactly does that entail? And why did you choose to go, like, to do that differently this season? So we wanted to try to allow the podcast to be more engaging and I didn't want to be the one to always come up with the topic. So that's really what it was. (laughs) Listen, listen, rather than that, I don't want to come up with the topic. So having other people just share, what do they want to hear us talk about to be able to add more value to people Mm -hmm. and people started sharing. So one of my favorites this past season has been whether or not your significant other should have the, your cell phone password or the password to your social media account. Mm -hmm. So it's questions like that, that people have that we've been talking about. So it's, it's been really fun. It's, it's, it's been some controversial kind of stuff, but it's their real life situations and topics that need to be brought to life. Yeah. How long have you two been married? If you don't mind me asking. Um, It'll be six years next month. In December. Six years. Congratulations. What would you guys say in life? It doesn't have to be with you, with either one of you, like your worst, I guess, not like worst first, like worst first date, but like, so like a worst love story period, like something that you went through. Joseph was my worst, okay, you were my worst first date because I had a lot of bad first dates, but I always try to say (laughs) that Joseph was pretty bad because apparently our first date wasn't even a first date. Oh, God, here goes the story. I heard about this one. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) No, but... Joseph invited me out to this cafe, and I was so excited because I had been ready to go out with this gentleman. I told all my friends about it. I was so hyped. And so, Vaughn, we get to the restaurant, right? We sit Uh down. What would you do, Joe? I glance glance at the menu as if I'm studying it to know what I want to select. And then I probably say, you know, I'm going to order this. I said, Joseph, what are you getting? Joseph goes, oh, I'm not hungry. I'm not going to get anything. I'm like, what? So, <laughs> so here's the part where I redeem myself, Vaughn. Did you redeem so, yourself? So, here's my, okay, here's my side. Go ahead, Joe. So, speak for all men. Go ahead. So, so, the place that we went, not only is it a restaurant, but it is one of the premier study spots for the university students in the area. There's about three or four major universities, and everybody goes to this place to study. So, for me... This was just a, hey, let's meet up, and and just I wanted to meet in a familiar place. So I wasn't planning on eating dinner, but 
the communication. You still did it. You, I ordered. I had to order French fries after not eating all day in preparation for the date. Wow. I had to be like, oh, well, let me just get an appetizer or a side dish and like not be too fast and like stuff my face. Who ended up like, paying? Who ended up paying? Uh, I think Joseph paid for my fries. But, you know, later he came to tell me that it was not a date, and that's why he wasn't prepared to eat. I'm like, why did you invite me out if it wasn't a date? What was it? A meetup? <laughs> oh, a hangout? A study session? <laughs> hey, oh, I've redeemed myself, though. Yes. I, don't know. I don't know if that ring was big enough. Wow. <laughs> Tensions are rising high on the Stable Podcast. Oh man, I gotta upgrade. Oh man. Yes, but so all the to all the men out there, if it is not a date or you do not plan on eating, do not invite the apple of your eye to a place that has a food menu. Okay, just FYI. Or just snack before you get there, just in case you're not sure. Just have a little something, something. So, so is your advice that all women should take a snack before they get there in case that in case, all in case men or women snack? look. I just, I look, I don't care where I'm going. If I know I'm a beast with for a long period of time, I'm going to have something just in my stomach just because, well, yeah, I'm, I mean, I would have ordered. Exactly, even, exactly. Even, Justin was wrong. Oh, my God. Uh, I, I dropped the ball. Yeah. I dropped the ball. Yeah. I'll admit it. Nah, it's all good. It's all good. Thank you both for being on the program. You guys know what time it is for the regular listeners at home. It's time for one of my favorite segments that we do at the end of every show. It's time for Top 5. Top 5. So this segment... Uh, for Joe and Allison and for our first-time listeners, um, I'm going to present us with a topic, and we are going to make a list as a collective of five things that fall within the category. Since we are talking about you guys and uh, love, dating, relationships, etc., I thought because you guys are love experts, we could make the top five list, top five problems you see in relationships or marriages. Okay. All right. So, All right I'll shoot the first one. Go ahead. Oh, did you want to shoot first? No, I was, I was going to oh, say wait. whoever wants to go first. Can I say one? All right. Can I say one? Not being specific. Does that, does that count? I like that. Go yeah. ahead. Expand on it. Okay. For instance, you would love if your spouse helped out around the house, right? Or like did a little bit of cleaning. Uh-huh. And so you go away for the day and you're and you just like say, hey, boo, can you just help me out a little bit? So you expect them to wash the dishes, sweep the floor, clean the toilet, take out the lawn, uh, take out the, the trash and do the laundry. You get home and they've cleaned the countertop in the bathroom and you're mad. But is, is it really their fault? Because you weren't specific. You did not make a yes. list of things that you intend to do. Preach on that. Um, <laughs> my girlfriend or, about to listen to this and be like, what? No. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm about to get myself in trouble. Another thing is you could make an expectation you want your significant other to be back home at a certain time, but you never said when. You just said, you know, come back at a reasonable hour. Yeah. You know, or you said, I don't want you to hang out with the them friends, them bad friends. I want you to make a good decision. And you're just kind of out here not giving them parameters. You're not helping this person out at all. So they're making these decisions based on what their criteria are when you wanted them to make them based off of your criteria. Mm-hmm. And if you don't share your criteria, how are they supposed to know? Right. So it's like, okay, so, I mean, we could put that under the category of like, what is it? What is that term? What is it? Beating around the bush or what is what's that term? Yes. There's another Not term. Not being specific. Be clear. Yeah. Be, okay. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Go ahead, Joe. All right. So I would say another major problem would be not being able to communicate what you're feeling. Mm. Mm. You're hitting all the, all, the, uh, all the points. 
Yeah, I think that's what whether it's good feelings or Ooh, yeah, scary feelings or negative feelings, voicing, communicating how you feel about certain things. A lot of couples aren't able to communicate how certain things that their partner does make them feel. And as a result, they harbor a lot of resentment because they feel that their partner should know, but they have to be able to to voice what these actions, how they impact them. Nobody's a mind reader. So unless you tell them how you feel, there's no way for anybody to problem solve or for your partner to know. So not communicating and voicing how you feel, I think is a major That brought up one for me. Okay, my next one is not enough positive affirmation. Mm, Um, Affirmations. Yes, I think as people, we have a tendency to uh, constantly either focus or reflect on the negative things, but I don't think we will tell our spouse enough that, oh, I love you, or I noticed that you got a haircut and it looks fantastic. I noticed that you uh, washed the dishes and I didn't even ask, and I'm so grateful. Um, I love you so much because you're the best thing that's ever happened to me. And saying these things on a daily basis is we tend to limit these things to, uh, and they tend to be infrequent. But if we can constantly say these things to our significant other, every day, multiple times a day, not only does it build their confidence in the relationship, but by reflecting on positive things, we see even more positive things in that person. Mm. That like has to do not even just like with each other, that all really just has to come down to your um your own self esteem as well. Because that mm-hmm. people are really reliant on that, you know? Um mm-hmm. right. Yeah. I'm gonna go and then Joe you could hit the last one. Um ru- I feel like and we mentioned it earlier, rushing into things because mm-hmm. that is something that uh not even like it can go beyond relationships, but in terms of relationships, you could you could really miss out on something that could be amazing just because you are so you wanna just jump the gun, you wanna be quick with it, you wanna just mm-hmm. you wanna just jump in the like I just saw somebody on Snapchat or not on on like Facebook or something, give their girlfriend of like four months a promise ring. I was like, what? <laughs> like what? <laughs> what do you? I don't. I I don't understand that. I've been my, I've been in a relationship for a year and five months. A year and five months. Yeah, and I haven't even gotten her a promise ring yet. So it's just like I don't. I I feel like let all good things will let like the time will take its course on them. All the best things in life. They are they are little that's as cliche as it sounds. They are worth waiting for. They're worth waiting for them to happen the right way. They're worth waiting. They're worth waiting for them to happen. Period. Because they couldn't. They cannot be happening at all. And like the process of them coming about will evolve. Or even if like you are in a relationship, but then like you're not getting where you want to at whatever point in time you want it to happen. Just take your time with things. Let it play out. And I mean, we'll. I I promise you will grow, evolve, and you will hopefully live happily ever after. That. Uh, some uh, it's there's bumps in the road but happily ever after does exist with the right person definitely and if you wait long enough to give you save some time to really get a really nice ring amen <laughs> yeah and if you and if there's clear communication you'll be able to know whether uh to eat throughout the day or not yes <laughs> yes <I> like <laughs> all right go ahead joe all right so no, the 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 one I'm gonna give is too many relationships are filled with more me's than we's. Mm-hmm. So selfishness is a big killer of any type of mm-hmm. relationship, whether it's platonic, business, or romantic. Um, making the whole relationship about you and only having your needs met will 
definitely damper the growth and stop the growth of your relationship. And whenever a problem occurs, you look to how you're impacted versus how your partner may also be impacted. Like if a relationship lasts long enough and you get to marriage, it y'all got y'all share everything now. There is no more me. I mean, whatever you whenever you go out to eat, the hand is just gonna start coming across the plate because what's yours is mine, yes, and what's mine is mine. So yeah, so understanding that relationships are about the collective, the the betterment of everyone's good, trying to outgive and out serve the other person everybody wins but when you have a big fat me in the middle of it there's no space for the relationship to grow so i think that's one of the big problems right all right so quick rundown one more time top five problems we see in relationships and marriage beating around the bush clear communication positive affirmations rushing into things and understanding that me the flip that m turns into we those are the top five problems that we feel like, well, I mean, those aren't the problems. I guess those are the things that we have to, I guess, fix in relationships and marriages. Right. Yeah. But all right, folks, that was top five. And that was episode nine of the stable podcast. Once again, my thanks to these two from Tennessee, uh, Joe and Allison. Once again, to you both, thank you so much for coming onto the show. It really means a lot. Oh, no problem. We're happy to be here and we're glad we were able to hopefully add some value. <laughs> yes. Anybody- <laughs> Anybody who knows me knows that I love to laugh. And so you already know I had a fantastic time tonight because I got to laugh so much. I really enjoyed <laughs> recording this podcast with you, Vaughn. And it's my pleasure. To, you know, hopefully I get to be on it again. And I'll be listening to all the episodes. Yes, thank you so much. Um, and for those, uh, like Joe said, they are available on all streaming platforms. An episode of their show comes out. Mine's come out Sunday. You guys' show come out Monday. So as you're listening to this, their show comes out tomorrow. But even still, they have 40 plus they have 40 episodes plus the Minute Clinic episodes to go listen to. So there's a bunch of content. Um, and I promise if you grow scrolling long enough, you will find a situation. If you are in a love or a relational relationship uh, issue that you're facing, you will find an episode that fits, uh, that will be able to help you and your significant other get through whatever it is that you need to get through. Uh, so go listen to their show. Go follow them on all socials. You can find their uh, links in the show notes as well. But yeah, that's all we have for you guys this week. I really thank everybody for continuing to listen to our show. Season two is doing great so far. We have seven more shows to go this season. So stay tuned. I hope you guys are excited. But with all that being said, if you enjoyed this episode of the show, download it, heart it, like it, whatever it is that you got to do. If you don't already, make sure to follow us on all our social media links in the down bar below. Thanks again for listening. Have a great week. I hope to talk again next week. And until then, always remember to stay woke. Bye, everybody.